visualizations um, can really transport you to a different place in your awareness, mm -hmm. as opposed to mechanical instructions which use a different part of the brain. Welcome to this episode of Finding Your Range podcast with me, Jeannie Dubon, a movement therapist who specializes in hypermobility, EDS, and chronic pain. And I'm super excited to welcome our youngest guest to this podcast, um, Rachel Han, who's joining us today. Um, so I'm going to read you her bio, and then we're going to get started um, chatting with Rachel. So Rachel is 17 years old. As I said, she's our youngest guest. Um, so far, and she lives in Long Island, um, New York. She's a senior in high school with interests in piano, language learning, ballet, and pretty much anything related to the study of the body and movement in general. Growing up, Rachel was very physically active and both a serious ballet and piano student. She first noticed symptoms of chronic pain and fatigue around 11 years old starting in mostly upper extremities and gradually becoming widespread. By the age of 14, she had stopped all physical activity and started having difficulty accomplishing daily necessities, including schoolwork and simple things like brushing teeth or brushing her hair. Early last year, after many visits to different doctors, Rachel was diagnosed with hypermobility spectrum disorder, or as we, we're gonna call it HSD, um, for the shortened term during this podcast. So welcome, Rachel, and thank you again so much for joining us um, today and sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So let's get started. Um, so it must have come as a real shock. You were an active child, obviously very talented with you know, ballet and piano, um, and then at age 11 to start having some chronic pain, some pain issues, which, you know, most people would think that's a bit unusual at age 11 to start having such severe pain. So what was that like? How did you feel at that time? Um, <coughs> sorry. Um, in, when I, in the beginning, when I was 11, I think the pain started very, very minor. Um, I just started having little pain in my hand and I was kind of too young to comprehend what was going on. I think that kind of saved me because as the pain got worse, I really just lived day by day and I didn't look into the future and realize that this is a problem. I just just kept on pushing and thinking it's trying to be normal. Yes. Um, I guess going through those um, 13, 12, 13, 14 year old, like you're trying to fit in with everybody and with your friends. So I always like ignored it. And um, yeah, I just, I always wanted to be normal. I didn't want to be different. Yeah. Um, but as I got older, um, maybe like 14, mm -hmm. my parents started getting concerned because it started, I started having pain um, in my whole body and not just the upper extremities. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like whatever I do, I would always have pain after. And I couldn't, pretty soon I couldn't like brush my teeth, comb my hair without a lot of pain. And wow. but my parents didn't really realize how serious it was because I was kind of quiet about it. Like they knew I had pain, but I kind of hid it a lot. Yeah. And then when I went to one of my chiropractors, he had me write a list, bring a whole list of everything I, I had pain doing. And there was like a whole page and all the little things like 
like the combing your hair, brushing teeth and all those yes. doing schoolwork. And that's when my parents started getting really concerned and they were like, yeah. what is this? Like, it sounds very strange. Yes. And of course and, you had no idea, right? Back then. Yeah, like, we had no idea. My dad was like trying, then my dad sent me to like, you know, get some medical tests, like just very basic, just mm-hmm. to make sure it wasn't like cancer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So really worrying, you know, the whole family yeah. getting very, very worried and, and so difficult for you, not just on a physical basis, but emotionally, like you say, mm-hmm. you just wanted to be normal, right? You wanted to fit yeah. in with your friends and do what your friends were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this thing started to interfere with that. So that must have been so, so difficult. At that time. Yeah, I'm also, um, you probably know this from working with me, but I'm a very driven person. Yeah. So I'm very task oriented. So that was very hard for me to not be able to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I have this theory that um, a lot of people with these conditions are quite perfectionist. And um, <laughs> we tend to push hard um, to get, like you say, you're task oriented. You want to do well. You want to do a good job. Um, and we're kind of hard on ourselves quite a bit. Um, but I, I don't know why. Um, I just think that um, mm-hmm. I've come across a lot of perfectionists over the years, uh, me as well, which I'm trying to um, get out of being quite so perfectionist about things. So, so there you are, you were going through your sort of developmental years um, and starting to experience this pain. And eventually you got a diagnosis. So what sort of doctors, how many doctors did you have to see before you got this diagnosis? So, yeah, I had no clue for a long time since, yeah, I started age 11. And mm. um, it's interesting because I know a lot of people, they talk about how they went to a lot of medical doctors who didn't believe them and they had no idea what was going on. <laughs> but for me, um, from the very beginning, I never really went to medical at first. I only went to alternative medicine because mm-hmm. I think a large bit of it was because of my parents, especially my dad. He felt that the medical professional would not be able to help me because of the muscle pain is a very unknown realm, he felt. Yes. And so I started going to a massage therapist first. This was yes. like 12, 13. Um, and yeah, it's obviously it helps some, but it was all this deep massage, like things that we, I know that are not good for me now. Yeah. And it's so painful, but yeah. yeah. And then after that, yeah, the, the good, yeah, I went to the, then after that, I went to two chiropractors. One of them is one that I currently see now. And they all agreed that, yeah, I was so young to have so much pain. And they were like, why do you keep on coming back? <laughs> but they did believe me because they felt like all those tightness and uh, even the massage therapist knew there was something wrong with like my elbow, which I found out later is out of joint a lot, but yeah. he didn't quite know. Yeah. Um, so nobody had kind of picked up on hypermobility, even hypermobility no, I, at that stage. I had no stage. idea. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I guess being a ballet dancer, though, you were yeah. a ballet dancer, you're going to be quite flexible anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a ballet teacher who mentioned, um, that, hey, you know, maybe your knees, they do hyperextend a little bit. But mm. I didn't give any thought to it. I, I didn't know anything about yes yeah. no. or anything. Yeah. No. And of course, there are people with hypermobility and it doesn't cause any problems to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they just have hypermobile joints and doesn't mean they've got any other issues. But it's when it starts to cause this type of pain that, you know, it can be scary, right? When it, 
when you mm -hmm. have no idea what's going on. So, so you saw chiropractors yeah. and, and then, and then what happened? And then um, about age of 13 or 14, then I finally went to my pediatrician and told them the pain that I had. Mm. And um, she was like, okay, I thought maybe it's, you know, hypothyroidism or something. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay, let me check. And so she checks for hypothyroidism for lupus, just the, the basics. Mm. And yeah, really everything came up empty. And she was just like, oh, you're very low on vitamin D. And yeah. maybe we can um, give you some supports for like writing, like yes, get a different pencil or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, we didn't really... We didn't know what, where to turn next. We just thought, you know, this is muscle pain. Like, yeah. I think this, the conclusion we came to was, since I'm so driven, oh, you're just trying too hard. In ballet, in piano, in sports, in yeah. your schoolwork, you're just trying too hard. Yeah. Okay. And then I think the end of 2019, in like September, I went to, we, yeah, I was just, kind of desperate and then I went to my uh, OBGYN that my mom goes to because she um we knew she was a very smart lady and we had a good relationship with her and so we we're like mm. you know maybe she knows something yeah and she herself has an autoimmune disease lupus so yes. we thought maybe she'll think outside of the box and yeah. so I went to her um, it was like the most embarrassing um doctor visit of of all the doctors because I was I I literally broke down in that visit like I was crying um, I couldn't I couldn't stop crying and thankfully she's very gracious but um yeah and then she was like I think you're depressed like she kept asking me are you depressed that was the main focus and finally when I admitted yes she was like okay then she was satisfied but like I've, I was like I'm not really depressed maybe but like it's mostly mm. I don't know what's going on yeah and then she's prescribed um like a leave like those anti-inflammatory medicine right was like you just have to walk every day and find something you like to do and just do that like just walk promise me you'll walk like an hour every day which at that point I couldn't even walk around the block very well without having pain gosh and but the one the one major help that she'd said was I think you might have an autoimmune disease but um I'm not that's not my specialty so she's like go mm. to a rheumatologist okay Okay. And that was a big help because then my, my dad got to thinking, oh, autoimmune disease. So he started reading all these books on autoimmune disease and he found um, the autoimmune protocol diet. Right. Okay. So then I started following that diet thinking, oh, I have autoimmune disease. You know, let me um, take away the inflammation in my body. And then yes. um, he read the book that he read. Um, the doctors, they had a, a kind of a center in near me. Yeah. And they were, they weren't typical medical doctors. They, they were MDs, but they were um, like functional medicine, very natural and specialist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I went there, did a whole bunch of tests. Um, and then they said, yeah, everything came up normal. And then oh, yeah. they said, but there's this thing called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Well, first they asked me, are you double jointed? And I said, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> they had me like do all the, the, the yeah. The, you know, yeah, yes. yeah. And then they're like, I think you are. And I was like, okay. And then they said Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and I had no idea what it was. And they showed me the EDS site. And, and then they, from there, I went to a geneticist 
Right. And that was the beginning. Who referred me? And I turned out negative on the um, the heritable connective yeah. tissue, the yes. typical um, one. Yes. And then she sent me to rheumatologists and neurologists, a whole bunch of those to confirm uh-huh. that I didn't have other things. And then so finally, I think like May, sometime the past, sometime in the middle or the end of 2020. Yes. And then I finally re- I finally got the official diagnosis of HSD. Okay. And who gave you that in the end? Where did that come from? Um, it was kind of a culmination of everybody that I went okay. to after I knew about EDS because yes. they all gave little bits of information. And then they yeah. were like, some of them weren't as clear as others. So though they meant HSD, they never mentioned the name. Yeah. 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 Wow. Goodness. Quite interesting, isn't it? That you're, they thought you were depressed as well. We hear that a yeah. lot, right? Mm-hmm. There must be something wrong. You're depressed. It's all in your head kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, that's still going on, you know, and even for such a young person to be, you know, ask those questions. Um, so, you know, what really struck me about your situation is that it really proves that HSD has can be not as just as severe as EDS. You know, oftentimes people are, think that it's a lesser, it's a lesser condition. It clearly isn't. It causes the same issues as EDS. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also shows that young people can absolutely have pain, widespread chronic pain. And yet, you know, there are people out there who would say that you're too young to have such chronic pain. It's not possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you what would you say to those you know, doctors who say you're just too young? Um, yeah, that's a hard question. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if I've ever had a doctor say to me directly you're too young. They probably told me you have growing pains. Yeah. I mean, I do remember like going to the massage therapist and it's like all elderly people. And I felt so out of place. <laughs> I was like, there must be something really wrong with me. But um, I don't know, I guess. Like, I don't know, I don't blame them because I feel like maybe the training they received is like you talk about a lot. Mm. They look for horses, not zebras. Yes. So they're not trained to like go in that realm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, it's a it's a classic, isn't it? That, you know, it's still going on because this is a very recent case. You this we're talking just last year Um, Mm -hmm. and it still took you what, 10 different doctors or more? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, to get your diagnosis. So, yeah, I think there's still work that we need to do to keep pushing that information out there. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, how did you feel when you got that diagnosis? So you were told you've got HSD. What happened? How did you feel? Were you relieved? Were you stressed? What? How? How was it? Um, The first emotion I felt was relief at the when I when I first heard about others Danlos syndrome like I almost yeah. couldn't believe it I had started going to doctors and with the mindset of don't get your hopes up and like expect yeah. not to be um to have negative results for everything because that's what's yeah. been happening yeah yeah and that's so frustrating for 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 all of us I think as we get tests mm-hmm. done and they always come back saying everything is fine and then the door kinds of shuts in your face because the doctors don't know what to do with you then, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't know. What do we do then? And as you, as you quite rightly said, you were kind of searching for, you know, what do I do now? 
you know it's really really difficult and I think it can be quite quite a lonely experience I mean you had a very supportive family thank goodness um, mm -hmm. and um, you persisted but they don't make it easy do they it's it's quite a, a difficult journey I think to get that resolution so yeah okay so you had some relief at, at knowing what was wrong and then what did you do then so obviously I know you because <clears throat> we work together um, mm -hmm. on movement therapy so once you knew what you were dealing with and that is a relief right because it takes away all the other scary mm -hmm. things and your mm -hmm. brain starts thinking all sorts of things so now you know what you're dealing with what did you do then to kind of start managing this situation well i was so blessed that even before i heard of eds like a year before i had um started with a panel teacher who mm. um you know about who yes like was it's really it's a very special special guy who mm. he similar to you he's like has x-ray vision in the body like he knows how everything should move and so i had started going to him for about a year and that had helped um, for like things like brushing your teeth, like the little things. It helped yes. me be able to, like playing the piano, it would help rehab it and reset. Yes. Um, so I knew that I had something that worked. Um, yeah. And then after that, after finding EDS, I, I didn't feel like I had to search for anything more because I was like, oh, it's been working. And I, I knew pe physical therapy wasn't really wouldn't help me because it seemed any exercise I did would cause so much pain. Okay. And, but then the doctor, the autoimmune specialist pushed me to find an EDS specialized PT. Mm -hmm. and so I was like, okay, let me try. So I looked up the Ehlers-Danlos Society website and then I found your name, which I had done a lot of research before. So I'd seen your name before, but I you know, didn't know what to make of yes. anything. And I knew you did Pilates and so I was like, oh, you know, I, I have done a little Pilates before and I knew it was good for you. And, you know, I thought, yeah, the core stuff is probably making me stronger. So let me try that. <laughs> but yeah. then, yeah, I, I read your book and then I listened to your lecture. At this point, I was very cautious and I guess skeptical of a lot of mm -hmm. different things. Yeah, of course. So I was like, I'm only going to um, decide to take on anything new if it matches movement related if it matches yes. with my panel teacher's philosophy okay yeah <laughs> and so I remember like I had a hunch that you were right for some reason that you were the right one but I remember like um trying to find a sample video of you teaching someone and almost like shaking inside like hoping that you know this was the this was the right one because I didn't I was like kind of didn't know where else to go and I was like, wow, it seems similar to what my panel teacher says. Yeah. And then I listened to one of your lectures from recording from the, your, one of your talks at the society. And yes. you said something about the feet starts everything. And I was like shocked because that's what my panel teacher says all the time. Ah. And then the light, that was like a light bulb moment for me. And I was like, wow, um, this is like so crazy. And then I started joining your zebra club and everything. Fantastic. And that yeah. helped so much for the strength aspect because... Like obviously with piano, I was doing things in a correct way, but not strengthening as much. Yes, yes. So you said earlier that any kind of exercise would would cause what flare ups and more pain when you tried to. Yeah, do so much tightness and then and then pain. Yeah. Yeah. 
And how were you exercising a lot or was it like just little things? What were you doing back then that was causing flare-ups? Um, so I stopped ballet on the age of 14, but mm. I was having so much pain and tightness. So that's when I stopped. And mm. then looking back, I know after stopping, then my exercise tolerance, my pain tolerance just got lower and lower because I didn't do anything. Yeah. And then it yeah. came to like, I couldn't walk around the block without pain. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So basically the deconditioning was basically yeah, deconditioning. causing causing things to get worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. And so obviously we started working together as well. So mm -hmm. you, you obviously do the Zebra Club online and then we've had sessions together one to one. Mm -hmm. um, so what was it about the way that sort of I work and your piano teacher work? Obviously, there's a, there's some similarities there with our Although I've never met him, I've seen your mm -hmm. videos of him and he's an outstanding man. He's, he's just fantastic mm -hmm. with his knowledge. But um, what was different about our <coughs> to things that you've done before then? Because people will think exercise mm -hmm. is exercise. What difference does mm -hmm. it make? Some people say I can't exercise at all. So what was so different? Um, I think one thing that was different, two things are different. The most important was how you tap into the breathing and how mm -hmm. the breathing influences everything, like the unwinding and yeah. I guess the connection to the nervous system, like calming down the fight or flight response. Yes. That's the biggest difference between your method and my piano teachers. Like you guys have the similar end result or end goal, mm -hmm. but yeah, with my piano teacher, like obviously it was an amazing experience for me to work with him, but it was, I hope it was the hardest thing that I ever have to do because <laughs> training your body to do, to change habits. Like I know is we know, we all know it's very hard, but yes. because we didn't tap into the breathing or um, like try to talk to the, the nervous system. It was like, I was fighting my body every single lesson. It was, yeah. it was really, really hard. It was like, um, I felt like it was kind of like brute force method, like mm. so much repetition yes. and just, more mechanical explanations like you got to move this and you got to move that and you got to instead of like a lot of imagery yes yes yeah. and we you know we know that the brain loves imagery it loves mm -hmm. visualizations um it can really transport you to a different place in your awareness mm -hmm. as opposed to mechanical instructions which use a different part of the brain so yeah i think yeah, yeah. the other thing is like your method it kind of the correct movements flow into your unconscious kind of mm. like after the session you're automatically walking better or standing better yes. what was um since we didn't i think since we didn't tap into the nervous system and like all the breathing of during the piano sessions i was i had so much pressure to like try to be aware of my posture try to be aware of how i'm moving mm. throughout daily life yes and that causes more tension as you know because you're always yes. trying to like you know fix it and we're fixing it incorrectly yeah yes exactly you know i always say that we can't teach posture i can't teach someone posture intellectually yes i can teach you good posture i could teach anyone posture but it has to be accepted by the body so that it becomes who you are it will mm -hmm. suddenly evolve i was like a butterfly you know it suddenly is there one day and it's like oh i didn't even recognize myself in the mirror anymore who mm -hmm. is this person but it's because you've You've nurtured it, yeah, rather than imposing a will 
upon a body. And we know, you know, through experience that when you try and impose something on someone with a connective tissue disorder and chronic pain, um, it's probably not going to work out very well because you're going to have that tension and resistance. So I think we really have to go under the wire and try and talk to the nervous system without it really realizing what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what, what the method involves. So I'm so glad that, um, you know, that's that you found me and that, that it's, it's working out. And it's, yeah, it's been amazing to work with you. I mean, both you and working with my piano teacher are equally life-changing. So. Yeah, no, he's a very special man. He really is. So, and now how would you, obviously you're continuing to do your movement therapy and how are you getting on now? So what, where are we now in terms of management of our symptoms and your life in general? What, what's happening? Obviously I'm much better. Like I can do things like brush my teeth, comb my hair and do my schoolwork again without too much problem. Right. Um, I'm still um, on the road to recovery, as you know, like I still yeah. have a couple injuries that I need to um, yeah. keep an eye on. But yeah, I feel like I'm learning so much every day, um, doing your videos every day, just learning more about my body. And yeah, just teaching my body how to move correctly again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm really pleased, you know, and <clears throat> You know, it's not great having this, uh, having this at all. Obviously, it's a it is a condition that we have to manage. But in a sense, finding out young, you're mm. going to be so well equipped for what you know years ahead. Now, so as you grow into adulthood, you're going to be so much more prepared than you know a lot of people who don't find out for yeah. many many years and they're struggling for so long. So you know, you're looking after yourself and doing all the right things now, which is fantastic, you know, and that's what we need more of. We need more young people to get the answers they need quicker so they too can prepare themselves. Um, Really, things have to change, I think, in that way. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, it's been hard for me, but at the same time, I see all the stories of people who they don't find out to 30, 40, 50 years later, and I'm like, wow, I've been so blessed, like, to... Yes. Yeah. to be so young and found the solution, found yeah. the answer. Yeah, absolutely. And it's put you on a different journey, I guess, now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're learn- like you say, you're learning so much about your body and movement. And I think it's really ignited a passion of, of your interest in the, in the body, hasn't it? Because mm-hmm. I know you study quite a lot about it now. Yeah. So there's going to be people listening, I'm sure, teenagers or parents with people, with teenagers your age, um, who are probably having similar issues um, in the UK or all over the world in, in the States, what would you say to them? Could you, is there any advice that would really help them at the moment? You mean in terms of like finding a diagnosis or? Yeah, yeah. What would you say to, to, for them if they're sort of on the similar journey to you, they don't have answers yet? I think um, there's two things that my dad kind of drilled into me. <laughs> over the years, which is like, never make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's in my nature. Like, I, I think I know, and I just make assumptions, like this will work, this won't work. Yeah. Um, but he never made assumptions. And he was always like, you have to try and test everything. So many times I would go to a, I would say, no, we don't have to go to this doctor because I know they're going to say this, or no, we don't have to try this. Like the, even the piano teacher, I don't, we don't have to try that because I've done piano before and it, it doesn't help. Yes. But he refused to let me make assumptions. And I think, yeah, so 
there's so many things that we don't know. And we, if we think we know it, then we just miss out on a lot of things, yeah. and especially finding an answer. Like, I feel like we went, part of the reason why um, I was able to, my parents were able to help me find the solution. So the answer or the diagnosis so quickly was compared to others is they had like a very open mind. They mm-hmm. went to different, they thought outside the box. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when you're dealing with something like this, it's vital, isn't it? You can't, they're absolutely right. You can't make assumptions um, about anything. Um, and I think like you guys, you just have to keep searching, you know, don't give up and don't, you know, when you're told everything's okay, but you know how you feel, right? You knew mm-hmm. that things weren't right and you just kept searching, um, yeah. which, is, which is brilliant. That's fantastic. Oh, and, and the other thing. Oh, yes. yes. The other thing is um, always ask why, like always ask questions, especially in the, when you're visiting the doctor and you're trying to figure out what's wrong. Like when they say something, don't just accept it, but just like ask them, like not in like a confronting them way, but just like seeking to understand yourself. Yes, that's a good one. So always ask why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, so what's, what does the future hold now? So you're carrying on with your movement therapy, your piano, um, and obviously you're studying hard at school. You're a senior at school. Um, how do you feel now about the future? So, you know, planning ahead. Do you feel you can plan ahead and, and start mm-hmm. to, yeah? How do, how, does, how do you feel now? Yeah, I feel like I can there's not as much limitations for me anymore. Like I always felt there were so many limitations, like I can't do this, I can't do that. Mm. But I feel like, yeah, slowly as I get better that, you know, there's anything I want to do, I could do it. And obviously all this experience of, you know, incredible experience of working with you and seeing the results that like movement retraining can can do for someone. It's made me like very interested in that realm, like of setting the body. And so I don't know where I'll, what, I, what career I would take uh, necessarily, but I definitely yeah. want to be something related to helping people find the same thing I found because yeah. it was like so life-changing for me. And I'm like, absolutely. wow, I would want to help other people find that too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when you've had that experience yourself, you become such a great teacher for other people because you know exactly what you're, they're going through. So yeah, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see you ending up in some sort of field like that. And you know, you know, I think, you know, I gave you the tools and the information, but all the work is totally down to you and what you've done. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Know, you. You've done the work. I just opened the door and gave your body and your mind some possibilities. Mm-hmm. But you did it. I didn't do it. So all credit to you and your, you know, your commitment, your motivation and you know, not giving up. I know you've had some hurdles and like you say, you know, some injuries along the way. I mean, I think it's important, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily always an easy journey, is it? Um, Yeah, it's definitely very, I definitely felt like giving up um, quite a few times. And I think the only thing that kind of got, kept me on the right path was my faith as a Christian in Jesus. And yeah, yeah, it was like my anchor. Like there were times yes. when I'm sure many people can relate listening to this when the pain is so bad and there's, you know, so many setbacks and you just don't want to 
go on anymore. And I remember um, a time where I would wake up, lie in bed and just think, why did I have to wake up? Like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of live anymore. Like I never would, I don't think I would get to the point of um, committing suicide, but the definitely the, the desire to not be here sure. anymore is very strong. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing that. Oh, Rachel. And, and it's sad that, you know, it has to come to that for, for young people to even feel like that because of pain. Um, and I'm just so grateful I've had the opportunity to be part of your journey to, you know, getting out of that position. So, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Rachel. Oh, you're welcome. And um, is there anything else you'd like to share with it, with our listeners about your journey or any further comments that could help a teenager like you? Yes, what we've just been saying, never give up. Yeah, yeah. So one of our earlier guests, um, a few podcasts back, um, he was always told by his mom, there's no such thing as can't. So even mm -hmm. though when life got really hard and he was in, you know, when and he had it similar to you when he was a youngster, you know, in and out of hospital. And but he just kept going, even though it got hard. You know, and I think that resonates quite well, doesn't it? We just keep going. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you do get yeah. up, you do get up and you do get on with it and you find a find a way which you did. Yeah. So I think that's incredibly powerful. And I really hope your story can help, you know, other teenagers. Oh, other I hope young so, people. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really think it will. And thank you for being so honest with us and um, inspiring. I think, you know, that's been really, really inspiring listening to you um, and what you've achieved in such a, you know, a relatively short space of time. So amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's honestly, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, so um, I hope everyone enjoyed that episode. Um, if you have questions or any comments, please do leave them in the, in the comment box below. And if you've got any questions for Rachel, just pop them in there and I'll make sure she gets them and we can get back to you if you do have questions. But um, I'm sure you'll all join me in thanking our youngest podcast guest, Rachel, for joining us today. And um, thank you for listening. So until next time, keep moving.